Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Welcome to Baseball Me is Hey, Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer. I am tired as hell, but it's Thursday, so we got to keep it pushing. We already have lots of baseball today. I can actually call it morning baseball because even if you are like Ryan and you live on the East Coast, it was still morning baseball for at least the first game of the day. So Ryan has a field to live in the future today. It, it always feels good to live in the future, Blake. It, it feels like it's been a long time since we last recorded. I didn't record on, on Tuesday or Wednesday, just two days. I, I had a nice two days off for myself, no hockey, so they were just kind of have too much relaxing days. I'll be yeah, excited to get back, talking some baseball, talking some injured players, talking some why you shouldn't drop players way too early, and all, all that good stuff. <laughs> I am ready to talk that as well. Uh, speaking of injured players, let's just get right into it. Manny Machado hit on the hand. With a pitch yesterday. Was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. I know. Monday. I don't fucking know. He was hit on the hand with a pitch. Sometimes this week. And uh, came back, x-rays, fractured hand, which sucks. I've done it before. Uh, They came out and said that they don't know if they're going to need an IL stint for him or not. I don't know how. He would not need an IL stint because it's going to be weeks before that thing's healed. And even if maybe he can play in the field, which I don't know how, how are you going to field a rocket to third? Right? If how are you going to throw to first base? How are you going to swing a bat? Like I, I don't know. I'm just, I was already slightly worried about Manny. You know, I traded for him, and now I'm even more worried because I'm not a fan of a fractured hand. Yeah, and it's his left hand. So that, I mean, I guess that's his, that's his catching hand. So maybe that's better. But also, like, yeah, if it's a hot shot at the corner and you you catch it weird, maybe it, you know makes that worse it's also his you know front hand when when batting so machado like the padres we talked about kind of been slow starts i know soto's gotten out of that recently but machado hasn't and with this injury especially if they don't put him on the il they're gonna i think they're gonna regret it because i mean he Mm -hmm. he's been one of their best players mvp candidate last year second second place this year he's only hitting 231 we expect that to come up it will come up he's not going to hit that poorly for the entire season but having Maybe this is something that's going to be, be an ongoing problem, and there there's no really like if you rest it for two weeks, it's still going to be the same thing. But I, I don't know for for the Padres' sake. I know as a team they're kind of struggling, and they're going to need Machado to to get going. So I mean, he's already missed a few games. He's going to probably miss a few more. So just put him on the IL, get get that roster spot like the Yankees did with Judge, and then if it's not a long term thing, bring him back ten days later. But the Padres need that roster flexibility, and I think you know playing it safe with him in May will help you in the future. I agree. And they have uh, like Hassan Kim can move over to third. And if you really wanted Tatis could come back down to play shortstop while Machado was on the IL. I think he needs to go on the IL. I mean, simply because he, obviously he needs to get better and not be on the IL it just hurts them more than it helps them. But also this is, could be a good chance to give him a little mental break as well. Uh, he's been struggling this year. 
a lot of his struggles are come from his inability to hit the fastball all of a sudden, which is one of the more worrying signs when evaluating a, evaluating a player that's struggling. Because uh, fastball is the one thing that good hitters can hit. Like even if they can't hit the breaking or the off-speed stuff, they can hit fastballs. So all of a sudden, seeing him hit 280 off fastballs last year, and now he's hitting 200 with like a 210 expected batting average off fastballs. That's a little rough. So maybe, I mean, injury aside, maybe he just needs that time to get the mentals right and get his head back in it. I mean, not saying his head's out of it, but just give him a little breather. Let him get right physically and mentally and get back out there. And then he can be the Manny Machado that people drafted or people like me traded for a Monday before first pitch in a weekly league that locks and you can't take him out of your lineup. Yeah, so so right now, knowing what we know, if are you looking to buy Machado? Are you looking to hold him if you have him, or are you looking to sell? I'd buy him. I mean, I just did buy him, so like I would still buy him. Uh, but uh, what I like to do with injury with injured players, I should say, is, is I will more towards the end of the injury. Maybe not when the uh, hey he's going to be back in two days news comes mm-hmm. out. But I start to trade for him more in the, hey, he might go on a rehab assignment next week. News comes out. Then I buy him because then he can sit on somebody else's roster, take up a spot for them. I can have somebody productive still in my lineup. And then when the time comes that I can like essentially buy low on somebody as good as Machado, I can do that and I can move some pieces and get them on my team. And then maybe maybe he goes a week in my roster where he can't play perfectly fine it's better than five or six weeks taking up a roster spot when i can have somebody productive and i'm not going to drop somebody like machado yeah that's a good call because i'm sure i know altuve is on a, on a rehab start now and he's on rehab stint now and might you know come back soon so now, now people might, might be looking to buy him but they weren't looking to a week ago when the news came out that that he was going to go on a rehab assignment but uh yeah in that you know i'm glad about our machado because another padre that you texted me about today uh joe musgrove has uh, a had a pretty horrific start start to this season. He's one and one with a six point six three ERA in four starts, nineteen strikeouts and in nineteen innings. So still striking guys out. I think he's also just a victim of you know he wanted to rush himself back. He ultimately didn't, but mm-hmm. he still probably does, can't maybe get the landing right or, or what it is with with the broken toe that he had. And he's also dealing with the pitch clock. He's you know all these other pitchers had three or four starts in in the in spring training and then in, in, you know, once the season started to, to get that and get the, to, to get the feel for that. And he hasn't, and you know, he's had two good starts, one really bad start and one bad start. And that one bad start was the last one against the Dodgers. I uh, gave up a mm-hmm. home run. So I, I think Musgrove is someone that I would, I would honestly look to buy low, buy low right now. I think he's probably pushed himself too, to, too hard to get back, come back before he should. Not pitching at 100. I think someone like like this is someone that should definitely get better as the season goes along because he, he he can't get worse. Yeah, I, I think he's a good buy low target as well, or at least uh like if he's on your roster currently, don't sell him. I would hold him. Um, his kind his off speed stuff, excellent whiff rates. Changeup's got a 45 percent whiff rate. Curveball's got a 42 percent whiff rate. The only thing that I think, I don't even know if I would say it's cause for worry. It's interesting to me. So in 2020 and before that, or before 2020, 
Um, he was very fastball dominant pitcher. He threw his secondaries out there a little bit, but very fastball dominant, and he wasn't a very good pitcher. In 2021 and 22, he became a very dominant slider pitcher. It's his most used pitch in 2021 and 22, and he was a very good pitcher, especially for fantasy purposes. Very good fantasy pitcher. Now, four starts into this season, Musgrove, for whatever reason, is back to being a 29% fastball pitcher, making it his most used pitch. Slider is the second most used. Or, excuse me, Slider is the fourth most used pitch this year at just 14% after 24% last year, 27% the year before. I wonder if that so has it, something to do with, uh, with the minor shoulder injury he suffered during one of those rehab starts. Maybe, like, I don't know if it puts more stress on his arm or on his shoulder where he can't throw those breaking balls as often. But, yeah, you pointed out, I mean, that's exactly when he went over to San Diego, 2021, 2022, became the pitcher that we know he, he can be. And mm-hmm. as you're saying, he's not doing what he should be doing to be the pitcher that he can be. And it makes me nervous just because if he, if it's a four game stretch where he did that because the shoulder's still not quite right, that's okay. I can look past that. That right there is a reason alone for him to be a buy low candidate. If that is something that continues to be a trend for the entire rest of the year, then we might have a problem. Then Joe Musgrove might go back to being the bad Joe Musgrove, but he'll still have the name recognition attached to him. So people are still going to, I want to ride with him because I think he can turn it around. But unless that slider usage picks back up, just like we talked with uh, Edward Cabrera, how when Edward Cabrera is very change up heavy, he's a very dominant pitcher. When Joe Musgrove is very slider heavy, he's a very dominant pitcher. When he strays from that, uh, the outcome's not great. So he's a hold for me right now, a buy low if you can get him for cheap enough. But if anybody wants any kind of premium price on him right now, I would probably pass on buying just until we figure out if that slider usage is going to come up like wait for the next start see how he's looking there and then evaluate from that point yeah you want to be able to find find an edge or get a boost wherever you can and let's shout out edge boost sgpn is excited to announce an exclusive early access partnership with edge boost the world's first bet now pay later visa card Similar to buy now, pay later programs like Affirm and Afterpay, EdgeBoost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal weekly installments. That's right, 0% interest. Simply deposit funds into your account and EdgeBoost will mas- match the deposits. You can use two times the funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers with $2,500 in advances as you build a repayment history. With this special offer, the first 500 SGPN users will start at a $1,000 advance limit. And the next 2,500 users will start at $500. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use. Only valid in legal gambling states. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. So if you are in a non-points league, uh, if you're in a non-points league, closers are something that you likely roster on your team. And one that was very highly sought after during draft day was Rice Iglesias of the Atlanta Braves. I dealt with injury and just recently came back and that boy has struggled so far. Uh, So far in five appearances, he's got an 8-3-1 ERA, blown a save, got two saves. Are you worried at all? I know I'm not really worried about him, although the shoulder issue may be playing into it a little bit, but are you 
worried at all about Iglesias moving forward? Uh, I, I'm not. I have him in my, my 12-team league. He's had, like I said, two saves, uh, two blown saves, one loss, three good, three scoreless outings, and then just two shit outings he had. Uh, those outings were against Toronto and Boston. Most recent outing was in Texas. Uh, Wednesday, he picked up the save there with a strikeout. So I think he's still just, you know, coming back still. He's going to be the Braves' closer. But it is worth mentioning, A.J. Minter did a, did a decent job there, but also Minter – Blew some saves. I'm not sure really who else they have there in the back end of their pen. So, yeah, Iglesias, maybe buy him low right now if you're looking for saves and someone's willing to, you know, get, give him for cheap because I think he should come around and be, you know, that dominant closer that we know he can be. Yeah, especially if you look at his Boss Savant page, which keep in mind, Baseball Savant is not the end all be all of uh, numbers for a pitcher and it doesn't really show like how good they can be but just shows how good they have been and as far as that's concerned Iglesias has been excellent like his pitches are crazy his fastball is not getting any wish it's only got a seven percent whiff rate but change-ups at 46 percent sliders at 43 percent sinkers at 33 percent and anything 30 and above is what you would consider a really good pitch anything 40 and above is like an elite pitch so he's still getting the swings and misses He's limiting. Okay, so it's really weird. So he's limiting hard contact. He's in the 81st percentile for hard hit rate, but he's only in the 7th percentile for barrel rate. So he's not giving up a ton of hard contact, but when he does, it's really hard contact. Uh, 92nd percentile in strikeout rate, 97th percentile in chase rate, third in whiff rate. There's a lot to like there. Atlanta's a really damn good team, so he's going to be in line probably still to save 30 games this year which only a handful of guys nowadays save 30 or more games. So Yeah, if you want to buy low on Iglesias, absolutely. If you own Iglesias, I know it's probably been a frustrating start to the year. Do everything in your power to look past that 8-3 ERA because there's the good days are coming, and he's going to be somebody that you want on your roster, especially in a category or a roto league. Yeah, and really, it should be his job. AJ Minter had his struggles. He's a lefty. Nick Anderson is a rather setup man who's he's been great, but he doesn't have the experience closing closed a bit for Tampa in 2020, but more of a, a setup guy there. So it's going to be Iglesias. Uh, but other closers, some of the the committees are kind of up in the air. I know Wandy Peralta is getting picked up a lot for the Yankees. Uh, he had a save and then had a a, a loss the ne- the next night. On uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, Miguel Castro's had a, had a two saves in the past week or so for the Diamondbacks. People are picking up. He's got a good ERA, good ratio. So th- there's a, there's guys out there if if you want if you want some saves without having to worry about a trade. All right, speak and then speaking of being worried, I'm kind of flying through these guys right now. I like this. Uh, a big one. I'm taking the hardest way to get to his page. <laughs> Uh, a big one right now that a lot of people are talking about is Alec Manoa of the Toronto Blue Jays. Not only has he struggled this year, he has struggled very poorly, and he is somebody that was like a fifth-round pick coming into this year. Uh, Cy Young candidate last year, killed it. He had like a 2-4 ERA. Uh, his roster percentage as of late is dropping pretty hard. I don't know how far it's dropped on... Yahoo, but it's dropped almost 10% on ESPN recently. He's done to 82% rostered so far. I think that is going to continue to fall, but 
I know you're not worried about Manoa. You just traded me for him in the SGP and Dynasty I'm, League. It's not How that I'm not, not worried are you? It's not that I'm not worried about him. It's exactly what, what you pointed out. He was a fifth-round pick, sixth-round pick. NF, NFBC is six, 64, as ADP was. So he's one of these pitchers that you can't give up on right now. You can't give up on some batters. We talk about Jose Abreu. He, where he's shown absolutely nothing. Give up on him. He's a, he's a 10th, 11th-round pick. But Manoa's a, a fifth, sixth-round pick. He's one of your guys you have to ride with. And he's shown promising signs. He had three decent starts in a row. Unfortunately, the third one got to loss, and he now has three straight losses. But look at the, the teams he's been bad against. The Yankees, uh, the Phillies have a good lineup. Uh, Tampa Bay is one of the best teams in baseball. The Cardinals at St. Louis on opening day, t- tough tough spot for him. I mean, the, he also had seven scoreless, five strikeouts against the Yankees on April 22nd, quality start there. So um, I think he, he's had his ups and downs. He, he's going to continue to do so, but I think he will have – fewer and, and less low lows and, and higher highs and moving forward. So I may look to trade for Manoa everywhere I can. I think he's somebody where, you know, he, he could be due for one of these just stinker years where he had a great rookie season, third in Cy Young voting last year, and then, you know, takes a complete step back this season. But oh, I, I don't know. That's that strikeout to walk 35 to 32 is, is scaring me there as I, as I look at the ratios. But Manoa and pitchers like Manoa, I, I think I have to give a longer leash for. I'm I don't have a long leash. He had for him seven right now. walks. And this is before. It, oh, God. Yeah. Th- like, and this has nothing to do with like why I traded him to you. I didn't think that at all when I was trading him or when I traded him to you. So right now he has a one eight whip. <laughs> that's ridiculous uh in espn like your espn standard point leagues he averages 2.2 points per game he's like the 189th ranked pitcher on espn right now and i i can't find a ton of reason to be overly excited because he has a 5-4 era and a lot of times when you get these higher higher drafted pitchers that have a high era to start the year you can find like some signs like maybe they're expected stats are better. No, he has a 5-4 ERA and a 7-0-4 expected ERA. His Woba is 376. His expected Woba is 398. To put that into perspective, the MLB average is 315. His is 390. He is getting destroyed. His walk rate is 15%, which is up uh, like 9.5% above what it was last year and his strikeout rate dropped to 16 percent i don't know what it is if you look at his heat map on Statcast, his most used pitch is a sinker he throws it right down the fucking middle <laughs> like that's where it's bright red like right down the middle now his slider does okay down in a way his four seam sits up in the zone pretty good in his change up uh he does a good job of getting it outside to lefties but his sinker, he uses it 30% of the time, just right down the middle. And it's become a very hittable pitch. I, I, I have a lot of reasons that I don't like him. I understand if you don't want to drop him yet, just because you did, you did invest a lot of draft capital into Alec Manoa. If you did draft him, EDP was like 48. So he's either fourth or fifth round uh, draftee. But I completely... I understand if you don't want to start him at all. Like if you drop him, I get it. I cannot advise you to drop him yet just because it is still just seven weeks into the season. But if you do, I don't hate you for it. 
I have legitimate concerns about Alec Manoa moving forward. And much like with Joe Musgrove, how we said we need to see how each of the next start go. I need to see some kind of command from that guy or we got a real problem on our hands. Yeah, I, I think he could be one dealing with, with the pitch clock too. Apparently last season he was pretty slow and that's something where, you know, he he's a hothead for lack of a better term that, that's coming to mind right now. I mean, we saw him having fun mic'd up last year at the All-Star game, but he also like yells at people on the mound. So like maybe, you know, he, he can't take that second to reset that he needs. And maybe, you know what, maybe he should just take a ball, reset and, and do what you can instead of walking seven guys on, on 28, 28 <laughs> balls. There. But, yeah. Manoa's uh, the more I look into it, the more worried, worried I am getting here. So uh, th- thanks. Thanks for letting me know, Blake. <laughs> You're welcome. That's, that's what I'm here for, buddy. Yeah. He's, uh, looking, a, he's looking a bit uh, shady and shady rays is teaming up with SGPN for shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you don't love them, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered as well with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. So go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to SportsGunnerPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. Okay, so another person that is off to a very uh, a slow start, I won't say very, off to a slow start. Uh, that I want to ask you about, averaging just 1.7 points per game, Pigs, after being my number two overall player, Trey Turner. How are you as a Phillies fan feeling about Turner thus far? Everyone's worried about him. Everyone's like, oh, why do we pay him all this money? But he's, he's Trey Turner. It's, what, 40 games into the season, a quarter of the way into the season. He obviously hasn't continued his World Baseball Classic tear that he was on. Maybe that impacted him. Maybe going from the high stakes of the, of the World Baseball Classic back to spring training, then the regular season. Now it's you know he's put more high stress swings than he needed to. I mean that that's not to make an excuse for him, but he has been better recently. I think he's on a uh, four game hit streak with two two get two hit games in there. He's gonna he's gonna keep 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 doing what he does. He's gonna continue to get better. He's someone I would definitely target, especially if someone, you know, took him first overall or, or took him in, with a top pick based off that World Baseball Classic. He's uh, in May. He is hitting um, eight, uh, 16 for 60, which is 267. So he's fine. He, he has five stolen bases, four home runs. Multiply that four by four, four or five or so. He'll get up to 20 home runs, 25 stolen bases, possibly, you know, get a power surge when, when, when the weather is nicer out and, you know, get up to 25 home runs. But I'm not too worried about Trey Turner just because he is Trey Turner. And it's funny because like in the off season where I was always like, Oh, Trey Turner, I'm always avoiding him in the first round. Cause I, I don't think he <laughs> is, you know, as amazing as everyone says he is. And I did that this year too, but only because shortstop was, was so deep, but I, I am definitely thankful that I did not reach for uh, Turner in, in many of my leagues. Uh, and I would like to point out one thing that a lot of Trey Turner owners may not realize if you are looking to buy low on him right now is he is a notorious slow starter. Uh, his two lowest batting average months of his career would be it's like the March, April 
hitting 287 for his career and may 277 for his career after that june he's hit 303 july 299 august 324 september october 301 so he is somebody that does seem to start slower every year and then really picks it up after that uh the batting average picks it up or picks up the extra base hits pick up so i mean if you want to trade for him right now, I think right now is the time. And I think you could get him at you could get him at a legitimately reasonable price because there are going to be those people that the expectations were so high with how high they took him in the draft. He was pro- he was likely taken with the top five pick in the draft. And whoever drafted him likely had very high expectations. And seven weeks in, those have not been met. So there's probably not even a little disappointment there. There's probably a considerable amount of disappointment on their end. And you could swoop in, snag yourself a Trey Turner. And I, I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. I was just about to, to offer my shortstop plus for Trey Turner. I forgot my shortstop is a uh, Fernando Tatis jr. So I, I think he's probably <laughs> a better rest of season shortstop right now. than then Trey Turner is, he already has five home runs and three stolen bases, despite missing the first few weeks of the season. Also for the, for, for the Phillies, they just have to figure out, figure out a lineup. Turner's been batting second. He batted first sometime. They had Stott up there. They had Schwarber up there. Uh, you know, I, I love Philly Rob, but I think just, just put Turner lead off, put, put, you know, Harper's back now. You should be able to have a pretty consistent lineup. I agree. And speaking of uh, having a consistent lineup, that is something the Mariners don't do. I don't like Scott Service. I almost went on a rant last episode about that, and I won't do it this time. Has it been bad? Has it been bad recently still? Dude, he uh, it never (laughs) fucking changes. Scott Service doesn't know what he's doing. I don't care if he was a manager of the year candidate last year. I don't care at all. He doesn't know how long to leave a pitcher in for. And then he also doesn't know when to take a pitcher out. The Mariners have never had a consistent lineup since he took over as the manager. He changes it literally every game. Like Julio hits first, Julio hits sixth, Julio hits third, Julio hits fourth, Julio hits sixth, Julio hits third. Like literally in a week. Like there's no consistency. And one thing that baseball players are is creatures of habit. They like consistency and constantly changing the batting order around. His fucking thing is up. I don't think it's messing with Julio Rodriguez, who I wanted to mention because he has also been off to a slow start. He's been off to a little better slow start. Turner, though, he still got the seven home runs, seven stolen bases. So he's contributing in the areas you want him to contribute, just the batting average. He's a tool. A lot of that is because he's swinging and missing at a lot of pitches, but that's also something that he did last year. Uh, he's not going to, he's like trout ish in that sense. Uh, Mike trout is Mike trout is Mike trout. He's a baseball God. Uh, you can't hate Mike trout, but he's always had a higher strikeout rate. That's just how it goes. Julio's likely to be one of those people. I mean, he's still 85th percentile in average exit velocity, 63rd in uh, expected Woba 81st in hard hit rate. The sprint speed is up there at the 97th percentile, and his expected batting average is 66th percentile. So he is underperforming. I know a lot of people are getting impatient. Uh, right now, his expected batting average is 263. Last year, it was only 254, and he ended the year hitting like 270. So he will bounce back. I think he is in his head a little bit. He's forcing things, which forcing things is never good when you're a baseball player. 
yeah. way out of a slump. You got to hit your way out of a slump. So he'll, are we he'll saying buy low? Around buy very low on Julio. I'm trying to buy him in every single league that I can because he might be my favorite buy low candidate that we could discuss on today's episode. I'm looking looking to, to uh, trade him for them. Um. Also, uh, Mark Vientos was called up since our last show. He also hit a game tying home run uh, on Wednesday. Um, do you do you have you picked him up anywhere? Is he someone one of these prospects? You no, know, people. I think people are getting kind of prospect fatigue. They're like, oh, there's so many prospects being called up. I can't pick up them all. But they still get that FOMO we talk about. Um, is Vientos somebody that you are picking up, or you know you're waiting to see what happens there because he didn't play today after homering last night, which was which was interesting. Um, he's somebody that I'm. I'm intrigued by, but I'm not looking to pitch and pick him up because I think right now he only has DH eligibility and I mm-hmm. fucking hate that. Yeah. Uh, and I don't like the way the Mets handle their prospects. None of even their top prospects get to come up and just play every day. I, I think Beatty they're up. This... I think they're all up, up now, at least Beatty, uh, Alvarez, Alvarez yeah. had a big, big home run the other night. I, I mean, hopefully whoever picked him up there and, and yeah, but, but yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, it's they they call they call them up, but then they sit them a lot. It's a weird weird situation. I think Vientos is going to split time a little with Brett Beatty. Like they'll just take turns at designated hitter and third base, but then the problem becomes Omar Narvaez. I think just went on a rehab assignment. So he'll be back soon. And when he gets back, what does that mean for Francisco Alvarez? Because uh, his other position would be designated hitter. So now you've got three guys rotating through designated hitter and somebody's going to end up being the odd man out. Well, and Vientos can play the field somewhere, right? And Beatty can play third. I think he's played some outfield, maybe. I think the plan Vientos is for plays Beatty. Third. He, he plays third. But yeah, Vientos plays third too. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's tricky. He has crazy power. I mean... 38 games at AAA this year. He hit 13 home runs, drove in 37 with a 12% walk rate, hit 333. He's good. He's really good. And so if you have an extra util spot, uh, like our SUPN Dynasty League, we have two utility spots. A league like that is perfect for a guy that just has DH eligibility. Uh, he's he's going to hit for power. There is a lot to like there. But... In your standard 10-team league, I'm probably passing. Even a 12-team league, I might pass for now until I see more consistent playing time. But once that happens, then, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll I'll take a flyer on him. Yeah, I, I picked him up at my keeper just as like a lottery ticket. I, I picked him up. Uh, I picked up Matt McLean, who I, who I might be, end up end up dropping. but he's Also because I have a few short stops, but he's, I mean, two for four in Colorado, or two for eight, one for four in both games. So maybe he's he's worth having, but... Someone else I wanted to uh, pat you on the back for is uh, Jaron Duran. Duran's been been great. He's now ranked Killing 63 it. on Yahoo. He's been had him all recently, so he's one of those young guys that you know, hopefully having a, a breakout season. Yeah, it, I mean, I think his roster percentage is too high for me to say hey, that you guys should still go get him. If you still in your league, you should go get him because yeah, fifty percent roster. Do ball comes back, uh, which means he's probably like forty percent on ESPN. So he's still available. Yeah. He's worth it. He's Played good enough that even when Duvall comes back, uh, Duran's not going anywhere. He's been killing the Mariners in the series that they just had with him, which was fucking rough to see because I'm getting the updates on my phone from the MLB app of the score, and it's just Duran fucking killing the Mariners. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's an excellent one. 
And then, uh, do you know how big Christopher Morel is? Mm, no. Christopher Morel, Cubs prospect or rookie yeah, now. No, not I, even I, a rookie. I know Dude, who he is. 5'11", yeah. 145 pounds. Wow, I love that. <laughs> Go off, honestly. It's fucking little guy, little and tall, just hitting bombs. He hit another one. I, I swear he's home run. He's hit a home run in like every other game since he got called up. He's got five now, which I pointed out on Twitter at Balake. Uh, Christopher Morel has as many home runs in his 34 at bats this season as Jose Abreu has in his last 517 at bats. Both got five. So, wow. There's, um, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, someone else you talked about a lot. I think before he must have. I'm not sure if he got sent down or if he got hurt. Uh, Jake Berger at a three-game home run streak, absolutely killing the baseball. 110 mile per hour triple in there as well um, on Wednesday. Did not homer today, so ended that streak. But one one for four. I thought he might only be a be a platoon platoon bat against lefties, but I mean he. Is this a point where you know Berger might be for real, or have we, or have people kind of missed the boat on him and his hot streak is gonna, you know, dwindle out? I think he's for real. I don't know how long he's gonna keep getting playing time because he was up initially, like he was in the minor leagues, and then he got called up because uh, Moncada got hurt. So I called up to fill in for Moncada. Uh, Moncada came back like right when Eloy got hurt, so Berger. Berger got hurt, and then Eloy got hurt, so Berger got to stay and is playing a lot of DH. But the problem with that is, while he's doing well, he's always been able to hit. Um, I heard recently that Eloy is hoping to be back by the end of May, which is like a week and a half. And so that might be how long Berger has fantasy relevance for, because I don't think they'll send him back down, but he's going to all of a sudden go to like a playing two to three times a week guy when they need somebody to fill in a DH, which is going to be tough. But if you want to ride him out for a week and a half, he has power. He's going to hit home runs. His average exit velocity is very high. I don't have it pulled up at the moment, but it's, um, well, uh, percentile is a hundred percentile. So yeah, he's he, hitting the, he's, no one's hitting the ball harder <laughs> than Jake Berger. Yeah. He's um, absolutely tearing the cover out the ball. Yeah. That's, that's the issue is that I'm, I'm not sure. I think he's a, a third baseman and they have Mankata there. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if they would think about moving Moncada back to second. I know he played there sometime when he was a prospect or coming up, but yep. yeah, once Eloy comes back, they'll probably DH Eloy, keep Benintendi, uh, Robert in, in Sheets. Maybe, maybe he'll maybe they'll put Eloy in the outfield and, and take Gavin Sheets out. But Gavin Sheets has been a great lefty hitter for them them too, hitting for some power. But yeah, yeah, look, looking at, at Berger this season and last season in 77 games, uh, half a season, he hit 18 home runs, 46 RBIs. Uh, OPS of point eight, OPS of eight sixty eight, hit two fifty nine. Like that's if he if he can be a full time player, that's a good bat to pick up. I think. Yeah, that's I a big agree. if. That, that's a big if if he can be a big uh, full time player. Yeah, he he feels like the kind of guy right now. Or let me, Jake Berger. I'm trying to say the names more. Jake Berger feels like the kind of guy now where if you had the ability to pick him up, uh, we say this a lot. He's probably better than the worst bat that you have on your, your lineup right now. So even if you just pick him up to hold a bench spot on your team, uh, if you're in uh, a daily league, you can rotate him in. Like today would have been an excellent day to rotate him in because not a lot of games were played today. So there's a lot of uh, openings and lineups. The weekly league, 
he can he can fill the bench spot until you're sure he's getting consistent playing time, and then you can roll him out there in your lineup. But he's good to at least have on your roster because he's too good to just be a waiver wire player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think I think he's I, that, that's a good call. Pick him up if if you're looking, if you're looking for someone to pick up and, and he's available. I think that's that's probably one of the one of the best options out there. All right. So the last thing that I want to do. It's something we've been doing towards our end of the week episodes tomorrow. uh, So if you're listening to this, it's Friday. So for today's games, the Friday games, give me one pitcher that you like as a streaming option for the Friday games. Um, I just picked them up myself. Only rostered in 4% of Yahoo leagues. Brandon Belak. For the Astros going against those Oakland Athletics, we love to stream oh, against the Athletics. Should be getting a win. I'm not sure if the odds out or, or out, out for tomorrow game. I imagine Astros Athletics has to be close to minus 200, which implies a two thirds chance of winning that game. You know, he, he he only went five innings in his last start, four and two thirds in the start before that against the Mariners. But I think the basic basically the thing is, can he go five innings? And I, I think he'll be able to. Uh, Oakland Oakland's Hidden hot though with Rooker and Langley and, and those guys there, but mm-hmm. it's still the Astros. Get five innings out of them, get a, get a pretty easy win. I love that choice, and he wasn't even on my radar, so that's a good call by you. Because now I'm going to stream him in my daily league tomorrow, uh, uh, where I could use a, a couple extra points. Mine would be he's on the, he's on the verge of being streamable or a streamer guy. He's 50% owned in ESPN leagues, but that has dropped considerably. I'm going to be Anthony Desclafani for the Giants going up against. I never thought I would say this at the beginning of the year. He's going up against the Miami Marlins and Sandy Alcantara. But if you want to talk about a guy that was taken as a top player that has fucking struggled this year, it would be Sandy Alcantara. And I am fully on board fading Sandy right now. Uh, Desclafani has been good. He's also been bad, but he's been good as well. Uh, he's got a whip under one, 35 strikeouts in 50 innings. A 3.06 ERA, he's getting a bit lucky, so that's going to go up a little bit. But he's had some decent starts this year. Uh, last last game, five innings, three earned runs, two strikeouts against the Giants isn't great. But the Nationals, he went seven innings. Before that, uh, Houston, he went eight innings of shutout ball with three strikeouts so there's upside there there's also downside but again that's what you get with streaming options i don't like sandy alcantara giants have been hitting fairly well lately especially with that power hitting lineup they've got there so i think he could be in line for i hate to say it because i say it a lot but i also just tell people don't chase wins but it, when you're streaming, you kind of are chasing wins a little bit. Well, you, you can chase whatever you want. At this point in the week, you know, like, okay, how many starts do I have left? How many yeah. starts do my opponent have left? How many wins am I down? Is it worth going for a pitcher that sh- could get a win, like like Beanick, like like or Belak, like I said, or if you can go for someone that has like a higher upside with the strikeouts with uh, Escofani or Cal Quantrill is going to recommend not good strikeouts, mm-hmm. but probably better ERA. James Paxton probably a, a high risk, high reward there. Nine strikeouts in his first start back and now he's in san diego which is a, a good pitcher's park um lefty lefty on soto machado should be out of the lineup he'll only really have tatis to worry about so i think that's a, a sneaky good option there too if you're looking for looking for strikeouts rather than looking for wins 
Yeah, and one more that I want to throw out there. I threw him out there uh, over the weekend, and he ended up putting together a good game. Reed Detmers at home against mm-hmm. the Twins. I like that a lot. I don't like that he's facing Joe Ryan, so that will be iffy. But Detmers has good stuff. Last game, five innings, six hits, two earned runs, three strikeouts against the Guardians. Guardians don't strike out a ton. The Minnesota Twins, who he faces uh, Friday, do. Minnesota Twins are the worst road baseball team, or the worst team in baseball on the road this year. That's the better way to say that. Uh, They had the lowest batting average. They're hitting under 200 on the road. They have the highest strikeout rate on the road. Reed Detmers is a guy that has multiple plus pitches. He's got multiple pitches with over a 30% whiff rate. He's be in line for six or seven strikeouts. Even if he only goes five innings, will he get a win? I don't know. Cause Joe Ryan's pretty fucking good, but he's going to get you good ratios. And so if you're going after ratios, I think Reed Detmers might be my favorite play for Friday. Yeah, I liked Reed Detmers a lot coming into the season. He's he's been disappointing so far, but like you said, he has the good stuff. So I think he's someone where if he has another good start on Friday, back to back decent starts, it might be worth picking up or, or trying to buy low if someone still has him. Yeah, and I, I I think that's what we've got for you guys today. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at Fake Baseball, the coolest at on Twitter at YouTube at Fake Baseball Money. Also on Twitch at Fake Baseball Money as well. We are all over the damn place. Uh, make sure you hit us up on all of your Spotify streaming platforms. And when you do on Spotify, Apple, wherever else, make sure you hit the follow button and leave a five-star rating and review. It goes a long way towards helping us continue to climb up the charts. And you can check me out on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. And we'll catch you guys next time. See ya.